If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You don't have to dip forever. You know that, right? You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I've been that guy. I dipped for so long And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. That's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum, sunflower seeds. I, I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off. This is The Jesse Kelly Show. You know where the word assassin comes from? Don't bother looking up some special meaning. Because you ain't going to find it. I will tell you where we got the word assassin. We're going to talk about 
people voting against their own interests and why they do that today? Going to talk about a potential impeachment today? We're going to talk about a fake prison camp for kids today. But first, assassin. This is, I've decided to greatly condense this show. I had considered making this one, the history portion, one of my two-part epics. I call them epics, Chris. No one else really calls them that. But it, for me, they're epic. <laughs> I, all right, focus. And I decided I spent the evening whittling down my information. Today, we're going to tackle something we've tackled before, but something that is always difficult to tackle in the way I prefer to talk about history. Because today, the central characters, or one of the two central characters, peoples of my story, are Muslims. And that gets very, very difficult for me the way I do history, not because of religious differences, because of the freaking names. The names are long and complicated and confusing to the Western mind. Islam itself, because it's not our native religion in the West, Islam itself is complicated. And as I was going through it, and I was going through all my information and things like that, it was, it was blowing me away. And I had learned it. I was well, this sect and this sect, well, you have to understand this Hisham broke away from this vizier, but this sultan, this he did. To, it, honestly, I was going through my own notes and said to myself, oh, this is not going to work. This, this is not going to work. So I'm going to break this down to the very high point cool parts. But you should know I not only skipped over more details than you can count because I believe they get confusing and it ruins the story. I skipped over other really, really, really cool parts to tell you this story today. As you know, also, this is not exactly news. But if you're a new listener, of which apparently we are gaining several every single day, I do not hesitate to offend people's religions. It's genuinely not intentional. But look, I, I'm a Christian. Producer Chris is obviously Jewish. I talk about Jews, Christians, Muslims, all of them, and I talk about it in as frank a manner as I can from a historical perspective. When I say offend religions, I don't mean I'm going to take a pot shot at your religion per se, but if I'm presenting the history of something Christians did here in this crusade or something like that, I'm going to talk about the good and the really bad things they did. Siege of Antioch. Christian crusaders rolled in and killed those Muslims and half the people in America like, woohoo, but they also killed a lot of Jews there too. We don't really talk about that. So I'm going to present this, and I may screw something up, but don't expect an apology for it either. This is how it was. Now let's talk very, very briefly about the rise of Islam. This is going to play a part in our story today 
But understand that Muslims, for those of you who aren't, I know we have Muslim listeners, for those of you who aren't, they acknowledge things like Adam, Moses, Jesus. These things are acknowledged in the Muslim religion. They just view Muhammad as being, the prophet Muhammad as being the next one after Jesus. You know, there was another one that came after Jesus. It's that kind of thing. And that's going to come into play in our story today. But after Muhammad, things went south, if you want to put it that way, quickly for the religion as a whole. You see, Muhammad's doing fine. Not going to go into all his life. We should do a show on Muhammad because that'll make us all kinds of friends. That, that's, Muhammad's doing fine. But Muhammad dies. Muhammad dies And now we have a problem. Who is going to come after him? Who's going to succeed Muhammad? Should it be this son? Should we, should it be, well, forget about relatives. We don't need relatives. Should it be, should it be the the, the most holy of them? Who was it? And there, Islam, right after Muhammad, split. This is where you see the Sunni-Shiite conflicts that go on to this day. These are ancient conflicts that started right after Islam. And not only did they split, you know, Sunni and Shiite, those are the two major groups. You have to understand this, and this is going to be the last time I hammer you with all these names. So do the best you can not to let your eyes glaze over today. But this group split into that group, and then this group split four different ways into that group, and then this group became this sect. For instance, today, we're going to be talking about Shiites. Not only Shiites, we're going to be talking about Ishmali Shiites. Not only are we going to be talking about Ishmali Shiites, we're going to be talking about the Nazari sect of the Ishmalis. You see what I'm talking about? You're already confused. Just know... That's understandable. I got confused by my own notes. It's not native to you. It doesn't have to be, and you don't have to stress those details. Details oftentimes ruin the story. That's why I don't drown you in them. Now, okay, you have these splits. Now, let's go back to that. You have these various splits, and various people rise to power. There will be this dynasty and that dynasty. And let's pause for a moment on the concept of succession. What comes after the current leadership? If you ask an American citizen today, do you think the uh, do you think President Trump's son should succeed him after? No matter what, that's just hey, that's what we do. It's right from Trump 1 to Trump 2. Hopefully he cranks out some Trumps of his own. We get Trump 3, Trump 4. Should it be his son take over? Almost universally. Now, actually, I like Donald Trump's son, Donald Trump Jr. I've had him on my show. But setting that aside, pretending you didn't like him, pretending you didn't like any of them, whether you love him or hate him, should that be a rule? Should you pass that law to, to pass it down to the eldest son? And 99% of Americans probably would say, no, Mike, what? No. 
We're not a monarchy here. We don't do. We need the best man for the job. Enough of this heredity. No way, right? That's what you would say. Shoot, I'll tell you, that's what I would say. Absolutely not. We're not just going to give it to somebody's son. Are you going to give it to Joe Biden's son then? That'd go well. All right, quit, Chris. But hang on a second. Hang on a second. Why do you think there have been so many succession disasters, bloodshed, wars, loss of life on a scale you can't comprehend over succession? Why do you think those conflicts have taken place throughout history? Hang on. I've got an animal inside of me. This is Jesse Kelly. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. Don't you put enough chemicals in your body? Think about, just think about, sit for a moment and think about all the processed chemicals, the man-made chemicals, you and I, not separating myself from that. Think about how many chemicals we use on a daily basis. Let me tell you something. Natural medicines and holistic healing approaches are known to help alleviate issues like anxiety, headaches, joint pain, and more. I choose CBD. But the problem with CBD is everybody's trying to do it and they're not doing the best quality of work. That's why doctors trusted CBD company. They've researched the entire industry and they found the best, highest quality CBD. Go to DoctorsTrustedCBD.com. That's DoctorsTrustedCBD.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get free shipping and 10% off. Donald Trump's son to take over after him. You don't want Joe Biden's son to take after him and then his son after him because you don't want this hereditary succession. That's what that's what those idiots do. Well, how's your election working out? No, no, don't get me wrong. You don't have to tell me about all the dangers of giving rule of a country, leadership of a country over to someone's son, over to, to the heir. I know, I get it. History is littered with bad examples of a dad having a bad son and he takes over. Not quite what his dad was and he sucks. I, I get that. But let's, let's you and I be honest with ourselves about ourselves as well. Let's not pretend our system is somehow superior to all these other systems. You know what a hereditary succession gives you? A hereditary succession gives you safety, knowledge, 
security. You know, you don't have to. There's no presidential election. There's no. There's no fraud, waste, abuse. There's no. Hopefully, we can convince these people of this. There's no lying campaign ads. There's no money raised. There's no nothing. Why? Because we already know who the guy's gonna be. Are you mad that so many Americans? Voted against their own economic and national interest? Is that something that bothers you? Okay, that's fair. We can talk about that. Guess who doesn't have to worry about that? The countries who just hand it over to their sons. Are you 100% sure your elections, the people voting in your elections, are the people who should be choosing the president of the United States of America? You can argue with the, get the government we deserve, and I would argue you're right. But we're going to talk about this later on in the show. People voting directly against their best interests. When's the last time you went to a fast food joint, ordered a burger without the ketchup? You want that guy choosing who the president of the United States is? So, like I said, succession problems are not new. Succession problems get people killed. Now, the Ishmaelis, don't worry about the name. I know I already lost you with the names in the beginning. The Ishmaelis, they end up getting run out of power. Now, they were in a good position of power, and they're doing fine, and they get run out because, man, there's this violent Violent people out there, they keep running them out, and they start learning about the value of violence. And soon, a man rises, and this is probably the only name, one of the only names you need to remember. His name was Hassan E. Sabah. Hassan E. Sabah. Don't worry about it if you can't remember. I understand the names are crazy for us. Hassan E. Sabah. We're talking 12th and 13th centuries here. Hassan Sabah is the definition of hardcore. He's all in on the Islam thing. You know, that, that guy, you go to church on Sunday, but then you know the guy who goes to a small group two or three nights a week, and he goes to the Wednesday night service, and up they need volunteers on Saturday morning and Saturday afternoon, and he's there. That's Hassan E. Sabah. Hassan E. Sabah is in all the way. And he begins to gain a following. He's a wildly charismatic man. He's charismatic, and he's preaching two specific people and this worked back in the 12th and 13th 13th century and it still works today he's preaching to the poor against the rich he does not like the wealthy he's out there finding these desperate poor people and he's doing something that has been done since the beginning of time you see that guy up there in that mansion? That should be your mansion. You're starving. To, look at you. Look at you. You're starving to death. Look at your mom over there dying. That guy has all the food he wants, and he can't come give you any of his food. That's not, that's not what the prophet Muhammad would have wanted. 
That is not what Allah wanted. You, you deserve better. And in case you thought that was just run-of-the-mill recruitment, oh, oh, these guys turn way hardcore. Get this. At one point, as they're recruiting these guys, and they are recruiting, you would you would simply think of them as terrorists today. The Al-Qaeda, ISIS types, you would think of them as terrorists because of the Muslim connection, and that's not necessarily untrue, but you do need to realize that's, that's very true for how they recruited. The terrorists do the same things today. You're poor, you're destitute, come with us, we will give you a cause. We will give you a cause. That guy's the fault. That guy's the source of your problems. And we may look, we may need you to die for him or to die while you kill him. But that guy's the source of your problems. And people will come running to that. And as they recruited guys, this is actually really cool. As they recruited guys, they would get them high off their rear ends on hash. Now, I obviously have a bit of a checkered past. Plenty of booze, weed in there, cocaine once. But I'm not a big drug guy, so I'm not aware of what it's like to be high on hash. I only know what I read as I was reading up for this and, and things. Look, I've had friends that have used it in the past. Again, I'm not pointing fingers if you're a hash guy. Hash apparently just creates this intense feeling of euphoria. Whatever it does to the brain, whatever chemicals it puts in there, it is that life is great feeling. One thing I read from a lot of these hash addicts or or former hash addicts, they miss it. Years later, clean, they still think about it. So get what this guy does. Get what these guys do as they recruit. They bring people in. Oh, this poor guy, village, starving, angry. It gets him high off his gourd on hashish. Then brings him to this beautiful garden. As he kind of comes out of his drugged out stupor. And they essentially have a stage set up, which he doesn't realize he's in. The man wakes up in this lush garden full of honey and milk and fine virgins. I'm not making that up. They packed a bunch of fine virgin women in there and honey and milk. And this young man who's never had anything and never had sweets like that and certainly has never got to hold hands with some woman who looks like that looks around and thinks, oh, my goodness. And they tell him. You're in heaven right now. This is what heaven looks like. Isn't it awesome? Then they take him out of there. And part of the recruitment process is, do you remember how wonderful that was? Do you remember the garden when you were high and the women and the the honey and everything? Remember she even smelled, remember her perfume? Remember how nice that was? If you die for our cause, you go back there permanently, Jack. You go back there and live. Do you think you'd have a hard time recruiting desperate, starving young men to go to a garden full of honey and hot women? Yeah, hang on.
You're never completely ready to adopt a teen. For late nights writing English papers. For your teen's music taste. For dinners, where they talk more on their phone than with you. For the first time, they call you mom. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen, and you can't imagine the reward. To learn more about adopting a teen, visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. Part-time job, full-time hustle, all-time Shiro to all of us. You nurture, we listen. You teach, we thrive. You lift our spirits, but we've got to lay down the truth. It's time for you, our Shiro, to stretch for the stars. Start saving more for retirement now so you can feel prepared and live your life to the fullest. Get free tips to help boost your retirement savings now at aceyourretirement.org slash Shiro. A message brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. We have the great Selena Zito coming up, third hour of the show. Election fraud. No election fraud. Trump should concede. Trump should stay and fight. This election is going to be overturned. You and I argue in our bubbles all day long. Remember, it's important we escape them when possible. That's what she does. That's why I love having her on. She does not go to Democrat meetings. She doesn't go to Republican meetings. She stays on the back roads of the Rust Belt and talks to normal people and finds out what they care about. And I'll tell you, oftentimes when we talk, I'm disappointed. I'm all, yeah, I bet the, I bet everybody's super mad about this stupid thing Democrats did. And she'll just flat tell me, as she has on the air before, no, no one really cares about that. No one's talking about it. it sucks sometimes. But we should always seek out the truth, right? All right, back. So we try to get through this part here. These new converts, especially the new converts, are willing to die. Now, let me clarify something about this particular sect. They think the Sunnis are evil. This is very much a Shiite sect. Okay? The Sunnis are evil. They hate them. They believe that the head of this particular sect is, frankly, above Muhammad. That he's above the Quran. That he's above everything. They believe this man's word is God. And let me tell you something. When I tell you a couple quick, cool little stories here, you're going to see exactly what I'm talking about. But these people are, well, a bit of a pain. And it would be a, a bit of a pain, right? Now, I want you to understand the level of commitment here. It wasn't all just a big con game. The man has a couple sons. One of his sons gets caught trying to take over for dad. He kills him. You're like, oh, okay, understandable. You got to kill the son who's trying to, you know, do the palace coup. The other son, he kills him too. You want to know why? He got caught drinking wine. Imagine your own child. Whatever rule they violated. Ah, you're dead now. Sorry. There's a level of commitment here. And when you have a level of people, when you have people, any group, that fanatically committed to something, even if society as a whole, we're all Muslim, 
And these guys are all, no, we're really Muslim and you're not Muslim enough. They become a burden on people around them. You're not generally welcomed there. And these guys go around looking for a place to lay their head at night. What do they find? Well, they find these mountainous castles. You see, the Turks were the major, major power of the day. They were the huge, huge power of the day. And the Turks could never root this warlike tribe out of these mountainous castles. You can still see the ruins of some of these castles today, places like Alamut. And it is really, really cool. A-L-A-M-U-T, in case you're thinking about looking that up. They are really cool. They had these just natural formations they would build castles into. And this radical sect, they sometimes, oftentimes, wormed their way into these castles. They they were uh, obsessed with spying, and they would take them over. And all of a sudden, before you know it, I'm fast-forwarding through some really cool things. What we have is this. We have this fanatical band of dudes willing to die, willing to kill, willing to spy everywhere, and they're not this huge army at all. They're surrounded by bigger dynasties and bigger armies and more powerful people. But here's two things they do have. One, you have virtually impregnable mountainous castles. And two, your men want to die. Your men are dying for you to tell them to die. Hard for you and I to relate. Now, here's some of the things they would do. First of all, like I said, spying, they would spend extended periods of time getting their foot soldiers, for lack of a better way to put it, in next door or in the in the service of some sultan they wanted to kill or some vizier they wanted to kill they wouldn't just try to march in and you know this is there are no high powered rifles to th- these days you want to assassinate somebody you got to do it up close and personal well all of a sudden we've got this look we've got this new dude who sweeps the floors in the palace man he's a good worker and look how well he gets along with everyone how long's he been here oh a couple years oh that's nice that's nice oh wow he's knife me what happened they would do this all the time and what they did was they would kill not just regular people although they would do that they would fairly routinely kill the leaders of cities kill the leaders of dynasties they wanted everybody to feel like all i have to do is give my guys your name and you're dead There's real power in a tiny minority that has the ability to cut the head off the snake at any moment. Do you think I'm going to apply that to anything going on today here in just a minute? And they would. Now, this this part is so cool. I will admit. These guys were clearly terrorists and assassins and probably not the best people in the world. Still one of the coolest groups I can think of. They would take, for instance, let's say you have this sultan, and they did this. They would take a note, and the sultan would wake up one morning, 
and the note would be on his pillow. The note would obviously have their demands, whatever their demands were. You have to get out of this city. You have to give us this. You have to give us that. And there would be a knife through the note into the pillow that's right beside the pillow his head was on all night long. What's that feeling like? Here you are in your palace, surrounded by bodyguards. I am the all-powerful sultan. Are you wetting your drawers at that moment? You bet you are. Wait a minute. Are you telling me somebody snuck through here? I Think of this. I've, I've known people that have gone through this in, in modern day. The thought that somebody that you didn't invite in was in your home, that alone is creepy. It, they, don't, they don't have to be knives and threatening notes. I've had this happen to friends that they'll find footprints inside their home. There was a door broken in, a window open, maybe a little thing missing. And, you know, what is it? It's probably some delinquent neighborhood teenager breaking in, grabbing something. I've known people who've moved out of their homes afterwards. You can't be settled anymore. What if he's, what if he's still here? What if he comes back? What if he, there's that somebody was in my bedroom looking at me when I sleep? That's creepy. Okay, now he's sticking a knife in and telling me the next knife goes through my forehead as I sleep. Now I'm really creeped out. But it was much more than just pillows and and knives. They were killing people, and they were killing people routinely. There's a story about a vizier walking down a road. And they would simply approach him in disguise as just, oh, look at this petition. Would you mind reading this? They hand him something to read. He grabs it, starts reading it. They knife him. Now get this. This vizier, the story I'm telling you right now, they knife him, but the vizier is surrounded by bodyguards. Again, these guys are always killing. Not not just tiny little normal people. They're killing leaders surrounded by bodyguards. So he's immediately grabbed. The assassin's immediately grabbed. And remember this. This is the ancient world. Europe, Middle East, no matter where you go, if you are arrested and the authorities want information from you, it's not going to be a pleasant experience. Hang on. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Like a stain on your brain, you can't get out. Car shield. Car shield. Car Shield. I am feeling extra excited about my Car Shield auto protection plan today because I just got a good report back from the mechanic where I took my truck. And you know, you want to know where I took my truck? Wherever I wanted. You see, with Car Shield, it's not just that they offer you a wide range of auto protection plans, they give you choices. You can choose from this, you can choose from that. I love that. It's not just that, it's that they give you the choice of where to take your vehicle. So often when you use these auto protection plan companies, they'll only work with, well, we'll only do with this dealership or or only this dealership here. Make sure you drive here. It doesn't matter if it's convenient for you, not CarShield. CarShield, you pick the mechanic. Go to carshield.com. 
That's carshield.com. Use the code JESSE. That actually saves you 10%. A deductible may apply. Jesse Kelly. On air and online at jessekellyshow.com. You want to talk about kind of cool assassin stuff? Remember the vizier hands him the note, knifes him? They drag the guy in and they begin torturing him. We're talking medieval times torturing him. Under torture, he gives up the name of 12 men who helped him commit that assassination. They're all promptly brought in and executed. They found out after all 12 of them were not only innocent, they were men the assassin wanted to kill also. (laughs) Right? Right? I'm going to get to some political talk here in just a few. Remember, we got Selena Zito coming up. We got prison camp stories, a Russian prison camp for kids coming up. But just know the rest of your day is going to be made with the knowledge that an assassin gave up 12 names under torture and they were the 12 other people he wanted to die. That's something out of the movies, man. They're still doing the knife and the pillow thing, and they're having this huge conflict with the Sultan. The Sultan runs a much more powerful empire than theirs. The Sultan is, and I don't want to act like this is all only going one way. These powerful empires are routinely rounding up whole groups of these guys and slaughtering them. The assassins are killing leaders, trying to kill the sultan. The sultan himself wakes up with the pillow knife thing, freaks out, and gets a hold of Hassan and says, okay, let's, it's time for us to have a meeting. And I'm going to wrap this up here in a minute, but it's time for us to have a meeting. Okay, Hassan agrees. Straight out of the movies. Sultan shows up in this courtyard. You know, there's the courtyard, and you have these high-rises overlook. You can picture the courtyard, right? Some you know, Middle Eastern palace courtyard. And the sultan has all his armed guards on his side. Hassan shows up with all his, I guess you'd call them fanatics, assassins on his side. And the sultan simply tells him, look, okay, good for you. I'm, gl- I'm glad you, you have taken a couple shots. Here's the deal. You need to go ahead and submit to me. You need to make sure, however we come out of this, you work for me. Hassam, at this moment, turns to one of his guys and nods his head. The guy pulls out a dagger and slices his own throat and sprays the blood all over the sultan as he dies. Hassam then looks at one of his guys who's over 100 feet up, nods his head again. The guy, without hesitation, dives off and dies in front of him. Hassam then turns to the sultan and says, I have 60,000 of guys like this. Sultan gives him a bunch of gold and lets him go. 
They continue to kill. They killed a caliph getting out of a bath because they had gotten their spies in so they could be his bath attendants. They stabbed one of the kings of Jerusalem in the street and get this for the all-time bad luck. And they had stabbed crusaders and stuff too. Originally, the crusaders were all, we could work with these people. And then they're like, oh, wow, that's no, that's not, that's not good. The king of Jerusalem gets knifed in the streets by these guys. But miracle from God, the guy lives, but they have to get him some medical attention. Well, the two assassins had taken off and they had taken refuge in a church. They were hiding in a church. They're hauling the king away, and they haul him into the church to get the medical attention. On accident, the assassins look around, and they're like, oh, he's still here, and he's alive, and they finish him off. <laughs> like I said, very cool. All right, we're wrapping this thing up, but you should know this whole thing ends, and I should, I'm, I'll probably do an entire show on this at another time. I thought about doing it today, but I'm not going to. How cool is this? These mountain castle fanatical assassins, they end up going down. And you know who takes them down? The Mongols. <laughs> Monkey Khan. He's four after Genghis Khan. Genghis Khan dies, gives it to his son. Uh, I'm going to mess this up. Ogadai gives it to his son, Ogadai. He dies pretty quickly because he was an alcoholic. Then Ogadai gives it to, I'm going to screw up the name. I'll screw it up. Ogadai gives it to someone else, and he dies because he's an alcoholic pretty much right away. These guys really struggled with booze. And then they gave it, and then Monkey Kong takes over and decides he wants to finish off the Mongol conquests of the Muslim world, of, of southwestern Asia. And part of that is... What? There's these castles of assassins? Oh, that's not going to work for us. And the Mongols have to go root them out of the castles. And some some of the castles just get blown right out of the water. And some of them actually hold out for a little bit. But eventually, look, you can be as fanatical as you want. You ain't the Mongols. And you ain't going to be putting any knives in the pillows of the Mongols. They just would never. The Mongols came in. And the Mongols were more than willing to work with allies they viewed the history of what these guys had done and said, okay, well, we can't, we can't trust these people. That's not going to work. All right, hang on. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has pre-diabetes, with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has pre-diabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners.
the history of leadership changing hands. Well, I don't have another way to put this. You and I have been very, very, very spoiled. Successions have destroyed nations, split empires, split religions permanently. Think about that. All of Islam split almost from its inception because of a succession crisis. What we're going through right now is aggravating, awful, not good for the country. I admit all these things. These are all true. But you and I shouldn't get caught up in this. Oh, we're the only ones who have ever gone through this. No, we as Americans are finding out how the other half lived. Hang on. See Kelly returns next. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. The Oracle Jesse Kelly is not only the face, but the voice America needs right now. His brilliance is only eclipsed by his humility. He is so handsome that Chuck Norris is reportedly experiencing jealousy for the very first time. Highly recommend. (laughs) That's the newest review of the show on iTunes. Again, this is a nationally syndicated radio show, but every show is put in podcast form right after the show. You can go get them. Enjoy iHeart, Google, Spotify, or iTunes. If you do the iTunes thing, subscribe. Leave a five-star rating. Leave a review discussing how handsome I am. Or you can follow us on social media. Obviously, my own social media is huge until they kick me off again. At Jesse Kelly DC. But more importantly, the show's Twitter We put up little clips of the day. I got to remember, I got to put up yesterday's. Put up little clips of the day, and they're great. At Jesse Kelly Show. I saw this, and I was wrapping my mind around what it means, because it means something. Let's acknowledge where we are right now, election-wise, for this. Joe Biden is probably going to be president. I am not here to make you feel better about things. I don't want to make you feel like crap. I'm not here to make you feel better. I'm here to tell you what's real. What's real is this. I believe there was some level of election fraud. I believe it could be massive levels of election fraud that changed the election. I do. I believe it could be. 
I also do not believe the system, as I talk about all the time, I do not believe the system is going to openly try to torpedo Donald Trump in various forms for four years, and at the same time, the system is going to work for him and give him an election. I do not believe that. There's no way that's believable to me. Could it happen? Absolutely. But I don't believe it. Now, setting aside the fraud and the election part of it, think about this. Half of the country, roughly, voted for Trump. Half of the country voted against Trump. This is where I separate from most people on the planet, and I fully acknowledge I'm the abnormal one. I don't understand that at all. I'm looking at a headline right here. U.S. household incomes increased more than two th- more in 2018 than in the previous 20 years combined. Who cares? If he's rude, why do I care if the president is mean to people and calls people names on Twitter? Would I prefer he didn't call women horse face on Twitter? Obviously, yes, I would prefer that. But if household incomes are the highest in two decades, why do I care if he has horns growing out of his head and breathes fire? Why do I care? What does it matter to me? Now, I'm not saying I want him to be the devil. I just meant it. what if he was an ugly monster or something like that. Now, hold on. If it was the devil, we should probably go ahead and vote that guy out of office. But you understand what I'm saying. What's wild to me is, and I understand I'm the abnormal one. I do. But what's wild to me is this. People walked into that voting booth who were better off than they were four years before and voted for the other guy. That is insane to me. And I'm not doing this thing where I'm looking down on people who voted for Joe Biden. I, I understand I'm, I'm abnormal. I get that. But I cannot wrap my mind around that way of thinking. I I just simply cannot. Like I've told you before, I look at it this way with employers. I look at it this way with employees. I have a great national syndication company. I have a great, my TV show, it's on the first. You can catch it every single weeknight, 9 p.m. Eastern. The first TV. My, My company's great. The first is awesome. Treat me well, fun people, people who actually believe what we believe. It's just a great group of guys, right? But it, let's say it wasn't. Let's say they weren't. What if it, I mean, what if they were just the worst people on the face of the planet? However, my work environment was still good. My pay was still good. The product was outstanding, but the boss is uh, the boss is a cocaine dealer. Why would I care? Does that make me the weird one? Why would I care? How does that affect my life? 
How does that in any way change the fact my work environment is great, the, con- the, the, the content is good, we're providing a, a something people enjoy watching? Why would I care? Now, there are, I guess, limits to that. I used cocaine dealer just because drug dealer was the first thing to pop to my head. What if I found out? What if I found out he beats his wife? Now, see, that's probably a bridge too far for me. Then I would care. But in general, setting that stuff aside, why would I care? Uh, did you hear he got a uh, he got a DUI last night? Okay, well that was really stupid. He shouldn't have done that. Get a freaking Uber. What are you a moron? But what do you think? I'm gonna quit? I got a great job. What what do I care? I've said this before about the people who work for me. I've said this about Jewish producer Chris. Chris is here early. Chris puts in the work. Chris gets the stuff done. Should I care? If Chris is a disaster outside of work, now he's actually just a huge dork who, like, builds things and stuff outside of work. But what if he wasn't? Let's Honestly, what if he was an absolute dirtball outside of work? Why do I care? Show up on time. Get the job done. Don't leave early. I'm not his dad. I'm not his freaking rabbi. Not my problem. I'm not. Does that make me a bad person? Does that make me cold hearted? I just simply don't care. It does make me a bad person, Chris. Dang it. See, I know I'm the minority. What? See, producer Chris says people should care that Trump is like that but not enough to change their vote. Well, that's what I'm talking about, man. I'm not telling you, when I say I don't care, that's just because I'm a heartless, soulless monster, as everybody knows. But even if you walk in that voting booth, and I get this, believe me, I heard this a thousand times for four years because I don't, now I have a million friends in politics, pundits and politicians and things like that, just because of the nature of what I do. But I live in the burbs of Houston. I don't, I don't run in political circles. I don't hang out with a single political person outside of the great Michael Berry, my mentor in this industry. Not one. When I get together with people, I, politics only comes up if they bring it up because I never want to be that guy. And I heard for four years, especially from the women, the wives in the neighborhood and such, uh, why does he have to tweet? Uh, why does he have to say that? Oh, I hate this. So I get that people don't like it. But who walks in to the voting booth? Money is good. Life is good. Country is good. Foreign policy, peace deals, renegotiated trade agreements. Our enemy China on their heels walks into the voting booth and says, I just don't like his tweets, Joe Biden. That way of thinking is so foreign to me. Hang on. Jesse Kelly. CBD. I know you're curious about CBD. Let me just tell you this. Natural medicines and holistic healing approaches are known to help alleviate issues like anxiety, headaches, joint pain, and more. That's why I choose CBD. 
doctors, trusted CBD company, has researched the whole industry because, look, there are 10,000 places you can buy CBD. Now, how do you know? You don't have to know. Doctors, trusted CBD company, they went out there and found the best. They went out there and found things like Be Best Organics. Be Best Organics, who tests every single batch. Go. Go try your full-spectrum CBD today. Try the other products. Go to DoctorsTrustedCBD.com. That's DoctorsTrustedCBD.com. And look, I'm going to save you a little money. When you use the promo code JESSE, you get free shipping and 10% off. Jesse Kelly returns next. It's like, tell, it's like Andy McCabe telling us the FBI wasn't biased when they did the Trump-Russia investigation. I mean, come on. I mean, they, they said the most secure election in American history. There are 73 million Americans who disagree with that statement. And so why don't we just do this, Lou? Why don't we let the process work? Why don't we let the law work? Why don't we follow the Constitution? We got 27 days until the, 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 the Electoral College meets. So let's just let this play out. We, we, today in Georgia, today in Georgia, you had two counties. Now, there are 159 counties in Georgia. You had two of them today. Just, you know, Shazam, we found votes. We've had missing memory cards. There were votes, and both of them were to the benefit of President Trump. So what, what's the rush? We had four years of the phony Russia hoax investigation. What's wrong with four weeks of investigating this election with all the irregularities in all these key swing states? Let's just let the process play out. I think that is just common sense, and, and the vast majority, I think, of Americans get it. The only ones who don't are the mainstream media, big tech, and Democrats in Washington, D.C. The rest of the country gets it. Let the process work. The same people who tell us to trust the vote now are the ones who told us to trust the Steele dossier. We know how phony that was. They're the same people who told us to trust the anonymous whistleblower, the impeachment whistleblower, that no one got the interview, that I didn't get across examine, which I'd have loved to have done. They told, and now they're saying, oh, you can, you can trust us. The vote's fine. And we've got this agency saying the most secure in history. No one's buying it. That's why we have a constitution, we have a process, we have a law. That's why we should follow it. Here's the problem with trust the process, let's let the process play out. I'm not saying Jim Jordan's wrong. I'm not taking a shot at Jim Jordan about that. Let the process play out. Let's let the process play out. Let's just let it play out. Is 27 days supposed to make me feel better? How long... Has Attorney General Barr and John Durham been looking into, I do that with the biggest air fingers quotes you've ever seen in your life, how long have they been looking into the Federal Bureau of Investigation knowingly using bad information to obtain a FISA warrant to spy on not only an American citizen, an American citizen who happens to be an opponent of the President of the United States of America. The biggest political scandal in the United States of America's political history, they've been air fingers, quote, looking into it forever. We've been letting the the process play out forever. You'll have to excuse me if I've lost some faith in 
letting the process play out. I am so – look, let me calm down here. Let me try to calm down. I'm so daggone sick of Republicans telling me what they're going to do tomorrow. You had the House, Senate, and presidency for two years. Why didn't you do it? Even all this, I mean, even all this big tech stuff, and I have some great audio from Ted Cruz absolutely filleting the CEO of Twitter, Jack Dorsey. I'm going to play it for you next hour. But why am I supposed to be excited? I mean, I don't get me wrong. I enjoy Ted Cruz destroying Jack Dorsey, and it's all true, and I'm glad the public can consume it. Ted Cruz is doing the right thing. He's one of the few senators I actually like. But, okay, well, what are we going to get out of that now? And not only that, we were doing these hearings. We were finding out. We were revealing big tech bias while we had the power, and we did nothing but hearings. And I'm told every time I bring that up, every time I start blasting away at these Republican politicians, every time you watch today, it'll happen too. I bet you as soon as I look at my phone during the break, I'll see a text message on there. I'll have a senator or a congressman texting me saying, man, you just need to let the process play out. Hey, wait and see what's coming. Oh, don't worry. Tomorrow it's coming. Four years of that. I'm 39. I'm not confident it's going to come before I'm dead. When is tomorrow going to get here? Because it don't seem like it's when the sun comes up the next day. Someone tell me. Stop telling me what you're going to do. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Just wait until Barr. Oh, we got just we finally got rid of that that idiot Sessions. I'm glad we got Barr in there. Barr, but just wait until you see what Barr does. Oh, okay. Well, Barr does it hasn't really done anything. Oh, let's get Durham in there. Durham's going to dig in. Have you have you heard what Durham does? He's a bulldog. He's not afraid to take on the government. Uh-uh, just not quite yet. Ooh, ooh, not quite yet. E, tomorrow maybe. Oh, well. Joe Biden won. Well, we're going to kind of back off that. And now I'm getting the exact same line about the elections. Just wait until tomorrow. Just wait until you see. Just wait. There's big news about to drop. I am so sick of hearing big news about to drop that's going to hurt the Democrats. Show me. I want to see it. I want to see it. You know what Democrats do? When they, ha- when they tell you big things are about to happen, they show you big things the next day. Quit, Chris. Don't, don't be immature. <laughs> Chris made a terrible Anthony Weiner joke that I'm not going to repeat on this radio show. It's not funny. But it's... I do enjoy I do enjoy listening to Ted Cruz destroy people like Andy McCabe, who was knee-deep involved in all that crap, and listening to Ted Cruz carve him up. Ben Rhodes, the former deputy national security advisor to President Obama, said that foreign leaders are already having conversations with Joe Biden, quote, 
talking about the agenda they're going to pursue January 20th. Mr. McKay, based on that testimony, do you believe Joe Biden is violating the Logan Act? I'm not aware of Ben Rhodes' statements or... or, or Take it on faith, he said what I re read. Assuming he's, that quote is accurate, and it's a verbatim quote, is that a violation of the Logan Act under any plausible theory? I am not prepared to take your statement on faith. And I am also not prepared to conduct legal analysis. All right, you're a lawyer. Logan. Have you ever answered a hypothetical in court? If it I'm is correct that I am accurately quoting it, something the Department of Justice frequently did wrong in, in, in this investigation, if that is what Ben Rhodes said, if Joe Biden is talking with foreign leaders right now, does it violate the Logan Act, yes or no? I'm not going to opine on a hypothetical question about what the Biden okay. campaign He is talking with Mike foreign leaders, and it doesn't violate the Logan Act because the Logan Act is unconstitutional, which is why it's never been used to prosecute anyone. You authorized using it to go after General Flynn as part of a political persecution. I can give you the answer. Hell no, Joe Biden is not violating the Logan Act. The reason you won't say it is because that was your flimsy political basis to go after a decorated war hero because you disagreed with politically with President Trump. Mm. I think that's the second time we've played that this week. I may have to play it another two or three times, Chris. It's good. You know what that reminds me of? Me. What? I could have been a lawyer if I'd been able to get through algebra at community college. It's harder than you think. Pima Community College, the Harvard of the desert. I'll tell you what, those Algebra 101 teachers, man, they are ball busters. Turn in your work. <laughs> Jeez. All right, what is this, Russia? All right. I can't wait to talk to Selena Zito next hour. Selena Zito, uh, here's, what, here's what I, I get kind of nervous when I talk to Selena Zito sometimes because I know she's going to bring me some hard truths. But she's a nice person and I'm not, so it's a good mix. Hang on. Car Shield Auto Protection Plans offer me the one thing I value more than anything else when I'm out there purchasing products like this. They offer me flexibility. I mean, look, when you're Car Shield, you're the number one auto protection plan company in the United States of America. So you have extra power to give your customers options. I have options on the plan I choose because my plan is not going to be the same as your plan. It's not going to be the same as producer Chris's plan. Our plans are different. So I get the plan that I choose. I get the mechanic that I choose. What if I don't want to take it to this approved dealership or, or that approved dealership? What if I have a mechanic that's convenient, close to my house, so I'm not driving all over God's creation trying to get my truck fixed? CarShield gives me those options. Go to carshield.com. That's carshield.com. Use the promo code JESSE. That actually saves you 10%. A deductible may apply.
Joining me now, I love this guy, founder of the Mighty Oaks Foundation, former Marine Force Recon, one of these fancy spec ops super ninja types, also an MMA fighter. Essentially, don't push Chad Robichaux around if you see him because that's probably not going to end well for you. Chad, when's the last time you lost a fight? Oh, man. Uh, you know, I, I was 18 and 2 as a pro MMA fighter. And uh, so I, out of my last four, I lost two and then won my last two. So. It's been since about 2000, and uh, I think I lost my last fight in 2010. So Now, I'm, I'm curious how that works because I love, obviously, MMA and boxing. I've always, combat sports are just awesome. What Do you feel it at the end, at the end of your career? Are you, do you, what is it? You feel slower? You feel weaker? Are you fine and other guys are just better than you and always were? How does it feel at the end? Yeah, I mean, at the, at the end, you uh... – I mean, there's always the next generation of guys, particularly in MMA, because the sport's still evolving. And so uh, as you, you know, reach, as I kind of reached into my career, I think my, uh, my, my last fight was 2000, and my last professional fight was in 2013, and I fought World Series of Fighting on NBC Sports against Andrew Yates. And uh, he was an 8-0 up-and-coming kid that was 24 years old, college wrestler, and, uh, and I was 38 years old. Ooh. And um and uh, you know, I ended up beating him and, and uh, getting his first loss, and that was my retirement fight. But uh, but then the next guy up for me to fight in World Series of Fighting is Mar- Marlon Marias, who's I think he's number number one contender in the UFC right now. And and just looking at him, a next generation of fighter, and thinking for the first time in my career ever, thinking I I, I think every opponent I ever had was like I was just a thousand percent confident I was going to beat them. And then I looked at Marlon Marias and said, "This is the next generation of guys. I don't." I probably couldn't beat this guy my best day, and uh, so that's kind of like a reality that I think you still kind of you kind of face it as you get to the end, and you realize it's it's you either realize it's uh you know you're gonna go out and and just fight for money and entertain and entertainment, or you realize it's you know it's time to step aside and let the next generation uh, have their have their shot and uh, and uh, move on to something else. And thankfully for me, I had you know more important things to do in my life with uh, the work I do at Mighty Oaks Foundation, serving veterans and. Uh, fighting wasn't something I had to do. It's just something I always loved to do as a sport. I've done martial arts since I was five years old, so it wasn't a a need for me. But well, I still enjoy al- thing every day. Along those same lines, I, look, people people have eyes. They can see what's happening out there when when people on the right are gathering in any numbers in American cities, especially these big American cities that don't have. I mean, they have these strict gun laws. It's, these things aren't happening in the suburbs of Texas. But people on the right are being assaulted now routinely by these Antifa types, the Black Lives Matter types. We have people now, and look, I tell people, stop taking your kids to these things. I wish you could. I, I think you should stop taking your kids to these things. You should go surrounded by young, fit men who can protect you. Talk to me about what we should be doing, because you'll have to forgive me if I don't trust the Washington, D.C. D.A. to actually go after the people who hate me. Yeah, I mean, the party of unity, peace, and tolerance uh, ironically turns out to be the party of, of extreme violence and, and terrorism. Uh, I mean, could you imagine – could you imagine if uh, if a group of of you know Oklahoma white dudes in pickup trucks would pull some liberal out of a car and beat them up? Uh, would the headlines be on the media? It'd be it'd be insane. But this happens every single day when peaceful Americans who are who who love our country, love freedom, have conservative values, gather together to support uh, our president. 
to support the freedoms that they believe in, and they do it peacefully without burning anything down. And then these Antifa antagonists and BLM uh, terrorists, because uh, you know that's really what they are. They're not out there supporting Black Lives. They're out there using it as a, as a cover to uh, to be terrorists against uh, against the American people. And they go out there and attacking people, and they're attacking weak people. They're not attacking people like. Like me and my friends, uh, they're attacking people like a like that you know seventy year old lady who's trying to carry a flag and support her president. That's who they're attacking, and uh, they're bullies and they're terrorists and uh, and and they're they're looking for the most vulnerable people to attack, and it's disgusting. And I think uh, I think the people who are most complicit in it is our media and the mayors of these cities. Uh, you can't blame the policemen because the policemen are doing their jobs. Uh, uh, by the, what's being told by the mayor, but the mayors of these cities are completely complicit and responsible. I believe not only responsible civilly, but uh, I believe should, they should be criminally held responsible for malfeasance in their office by not protecting these citizens. Chad, what should we do? Is it time to organize? I, I'm not talking about some, you know, something crazy. Is it time to simply organize a private security group of some kind that is willing to go to these events and start protecting us. Let's talk about practical matters. You're right. We got little old ladies getting pushed around, stuff getting thrown on kids, and I'm tired of seeing it, man. I was ready to hurt somebody last weekend. Tell me what we should do. You're the expert on it. Yeah, well, I mean, um, you know, I, I think Americans cannot stop going out. Uh, we, we, we have to, we can't bully down. I mean, our, if our kid was getting their lunch money taken every day, we wouldn't tell them they'll go to school anymore yeah. uh, because it would ruin them for the rest of their life. They still have to go to school. They still have to stand up and face the bully, and we still have to go out and uh, speak out. We can't be intimidated. We have to go out and speak out, but you have to do so smartly. You have to go with the right groups. You know, I, I look at that older lady and, uh, and gentleman that were attacked last week, and, uh, you know, they were walking by themselves. And, uh, you know, they were na- naively walking, and, and unfortunately, they should – we we have to make better decisions. Be in the right groups. Go with the right people. Go with people that could, uh, you know, if you had to defend yourself, you would you would be able to do so. And I, and I do believe that uh, there's nothing wrong in the United States with people uh, having personal protection groups. I mean, look, all the politicians have personal protection groups. Yep. Uh, and uh, you know, it's, and having groups that would protect you in, in these events. Uh, there are some groups. I mean, we've seen it with the uh, the Patriot Guard. When uh when the um, when the they were started they started protesting the, the service members' funerals, the Patriot Guard uh, would stand around these veterans' funerals and uh, make sure that the uh, Westboro Baptist, I think, was they would go and uh, attack these funerals and and, and try to protest these funerals, and uh, and it worked. It kept, it kept people away from the it kept people away from the protesting the veterans' funerals, and so we, we're going to have to start doing stuff like that. I'm I'm the first person that's going to say. All this talk about a civil war and rising up militias to fight a civil war, you know, these are people people that are saying this. I know say it with the right intent, and they're patriotic and love our country. But these, look, I've I've been to Afghanistan eight times. We do we do not want a civil war in this country, and there's better ways to handle this than uh than taking up arms against each other. The this is not the country is not as split as I think the media would lead it to believe. This is not a fifty fifty thing. This is a small group of antagonists. That are being uh, orchestrated by people pulling those strings, pulling the strings, and organizing this to to rise up against the everyday Americans that uh, love our country. Chad, tell people about the Mighty Oaks Foundation quickly and how they can support it. Uh, well, the freedoms we're talking about and the, the country we love is uh, fought for and defended by 
American troops that have been fighting since 1775. And unfortunately, the cost of fighting for that freedom comes with the things like PTSD, veteran suicide, all those things. So Mighty Oaks Foundation helps combat those things. We, uh, we serve active duty veterans and their spouses as well as fellow first responders through resiliency and recovery programs. We do it all for free. And uh, you can learn more about those programs and how to support those programs at MightyOaksPrograms.org. Chad, appreciate you very much, my man. Simplify. Simplify, man. Thank you. Look, it's time, Chris. I, I'm so, I, I think it's time. It's going to cost some money because it's going to cost some money. It's going to take some time to organize things like this. It's time to have an organized private security group for people on the right who want to go and have a rally. It's just time. And he's right. You see these videos all over the place. It's never somebody like Chad they're going after. It's some little old lady, some isolated young couple where they're both pooping their pants. I've never been attacked by Antifa. I've been to all these things. All right, hang on. stocky follow like and subscribe on social at jesse kelly dc you're never completely ready to adopt a teen for late nights writing english papers for your teen's music taste for dinners where they talk more on their phone than with you for the first time they call you mom you're never completely ready to adopt a teen and you can't imagine the reward to learn more about adopting a teen Visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. Part-time job, full-time hustle, all-time Shiro to all of us. You nurture, we listen. You teach, we thrive. You lift our spirits, but we've got to lay down the truth. It's time for you, our Shiro, to stretch for the stars. Start saving more for retirement now so you can feel prepared and live your life to the fullest. Get free tips to help boost your retirement savings now at aceyourretirement.org slash Shiro. A message brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. You know where the word assassin comes from? Our history segment earlier, in case you missed it, was sweet about this sect of Muslim assassin, assassins. And they were called Hashashim. It was H-A-S-H-S-H-A-S-I-N. Hashashim. And that's where we got the word assassin. I don't know why you're laughing, Chris, because it, because it makes it sound like I have a lisp or something like that. That's what they were called, pal. Okay? That's what they were called. And it had to do with the hash they smoked and everything like that, you druggie. It honestly is one of the coolest scenes. Chris said it was really cool. It was nodding your head at somebody who's standing on a 100-foot tower and having him just, without hesitation, Take the Nestle plunge right off the top and just splat. 
Imagine the look on the Sultan's face looking at this. Like, wait, what the? What? Oh, my gosh. Somebody check on him. I think he's dead. Oh, my gosh. Why did he do that? It was great. It was great. Oh, oh, look. Just because I don't enjoy the pointlessness of these hearings doesn't mean that we're not going to play you the hits when Ted Cruz destroys somebody next hour. I'm going to play you. I'm going to play you some stuff of Ted Cruz just filleting Jad, Jack Dorsey, who's the head of Twitter. And look, this is all the social media guys are worried about. You hear all the time, or you've seen references to it about Section 230, or this violates 230, or you can't have 230. This is how it is, to put it mildly. To, to break it down really simply, Twitter, Facebook, all these social media sites, everyone uses them now. They exist and they have legal protections because they are not considered publishers. The legal protections are this. You can't sue them for content that appears on their website because, whoa, it's not my content. I'm not deciding what's, what's published. This is a platform. It's the publisher versus platform argument. Look, we're just Twitter. We're just a platform. You can't sue me. I have legal protections. And, of course, they all have these fancy lobbyists who got them these protections. You can't sue me. I'm just a platform, man. Leave me alone. When they are deciding what can and, more specifically, can't be published. If you start getting into that game, oh, you can say this, you can't say that, we're going to edit this, we're going to make you delete that. Well, that's the very definition of being a publisher, and Ted Cruz points this out. Chris, let me ask you something. Have you ever wanted to spend the night in jail? No? Well, I have. And I, 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 I let me clarify. You don't have to send me your emails about the night or nights or years you spent in jail, although you're more than welcome to, and I will absolutely read them on the air if you want me to. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. You know I love that stuff. I've wanted to spend the night in the clink one time my whole life. One, to say I did it. And two, I want I want to know. I want the experience. What? I understand there are prison documentaries. I want to be. There's no substitute, Chris, for being there yourself. This is where people go wrong on so many things because the Internet is this wealth of knowledge. And that's what it is. Wrap your mind around this. If you consider wisdom to be the amount of knowledge you have on any given subject, then I want you to. This is going to blow you away. Holding your smartphone in your hand with internet access makes you the wisest person who ever lived. You realize that you have access to endless amounts of information. Any one of these uh, history stories I talk about every single day, if, if some part of the story or the story as a whole interests you, there is so much out there at your fingertips about it couple clicks away, you can read everything. 
You want to rebuild an engine? Go ahead. I bet you, and I haven't looked this up, I bet you there's somebody on there who will lay out at least the basics of brain surgery. There's a YouTube video for everything. There's something out there for everything. You want to learn Spanish, English, German, Japanese. You want to learn Mandarin. You want to learn how to landscape your yard. It's out there. Holding the phone in your hand makes you the wisest human being in the history of mankind. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that absolutely crazy? Chris just looked up brain surgery and said the amount of brain surgery stuff out there is absurd. I bet it is. No, I bet it is. You have access to whatever you want, however much of it you want. And if you want to be blown away, we're the dumbest generation. But back to my jail talk. Hang on. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. I understand we have this wealth of knowledge at our fingertips. There is still no substitute for some things like experiencing it yourself. I know the bed's going to be uncomfortable. I know the chow is going to be bad, probably unedibly bad. I know I'm going to run into somebody who's going to try to shiv me as I use the bathroom. I want to experience it. I want to experience it just once. Chris... We have a national show now. Surely there's somebody who will let me do a night in jail. What? I will, yeah, we'll sign some waivers. We'll sign some waivers. It's fine. The question is, how do you get that past the wife? Honey, I gotta, gotta leave town for a day. <laughs> I've got a work thing. Who are you hanging out with? Oh, you wouldn't know him. You wouldn't know him. It's, uh, that's Brian the Spider. All right, dang it. I'm going to get to my story. Hang on.
This is The Jesse Kelly Show. This is The Jesse Kelly Show. Final hour. It's time to talk about prison camps. We have Selena Zito coming up here in about 20 minutes to discuss. Well, she's going to discuss if people actually think there's election fraud or not. Not you and I. Not hardcore leftists, not hardcore people on the right. What is the average everyday American thinking right now? The tweeting, the accusations, the this or that. And they are all over the map. Realize that. They're all over the map. We have every single hardcore anti-Trump leftist and the never-Trump losers saying there was no election fraud. The president should just just go ahead and concede. It's, it's what will calm things down for the good of America, brother. Even if you were right about that. Who do you think is going to listen to you after four years of anti-Trump screeching? So you have them on one side. But on the other side, I saw that this took place, I want to give credit where it's due, on the great Mark Levin's show, attorney Lynn Wood claims President Trump won 70% plus a landslide election and probably had 400 electoral college votes. If you believe that, I have some oceanfront property in Arizona to sell you. Come on. I hate that, but it's the nature of of what we do now. I hate having to sift through 10 trillion pieces of information to try to figure out what's real. If I may caution you, it is very good that there are a million different ways you can consume news and get news and get information today. It's not bad. It's good because it's taking away power from the mainstream media. I'm glad you have my show, all kinds of great radio shows out there, podcasts out there, news sites out there. You have these brand new TV channels popping up all over the place. My channel, the first, is awesome. But there are other alternative ones popping up, too, and they're awesome. The Blaze, OAN, Newsmax, there there are great places you can consume news. You have endless information. But, and this is a big but, be careful with everything you hear everywhere. I don't care where you heard it. I don't care who said it. Verify. The bad information out there is not helpful. Saying there's election fraud and we're going to figure out some of it, that's helpful. Saying Donald Trump won 400 electoral college votes, not remotely believable, not helpful in the slightest. Let's stick with what works. Let's... Stick with only what works. Let's try to stick with the facts as much as humanly possible. So we have that. So I got sidetracked there. We have 
And I'm going to play this for you here in just a few minutes. We have Ted Cruz destroying, destroying Jack Dorsey and Twitter. But first, our prison camps. Headline, this is from the Moscow Times. Russia builds replica World War II prison camp for kids. Gosh, that's awesome. The NGO won a $36,000 presidential grant to open the camp, which uses the set of a 2019 state-funded movie that tells the story of children who were interned at the camps. Historians say around 4,000 Soviet civilians, including children, women, and the elderly, perished in the, in the several... There has to be some kind of translation error here. I'm reading this verbatim. Women and elderly perished in the several transfer camps that Finland opened between 1941 and 1944. Maybe that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. I went to community college. Karelia's mock camp is the latest example of modern-day Russia's efforts to pass on Soviet and wartime history to the next generation. President Vladimir Putin has long promoted patriotism as Russia's sole national idea, and established a military patriotic youth movement in 2015, added patriotism and war history to Russian school curriculum earlier this year. One, I would 100% send my con- send my sons to that for a day. So, no, 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 seriously, hear me out. There was this church, I think it was some Methodist church, down close to where I live. This is a few years back. I don't know if they're going to do it again. Nobody does anything cool now that COVID's out. But there was this church a few years back. They, they did this awesome thing where they took the poorest countries, and they told you which countries they were, the poorest countries in the world, and they built exact replicas of where a family would live in that country. And they built it on church grounds. So you could walk through this little town they built and see, oh, this poor country, this family lives here. And they would have where they slept, the kind of beds they had, if the kids even had toys, what a toy would look like. You could go get a tiny example of how the other half lived. And we beelined it down there with our kids. Because it's so hard these days to give your kids perspective, and perspective is so incredibly value valuable, isn't it? How often do we talk about water on the show? I can see people right now, Chris, rolling their eyes as I talk once again about water. I'm never going to stop. I'm telling you. I'm never going to stop. I have a glass of water in my hand. I walked 20 feet to get this glass of clean drinking water, and I could guzzle it right now. Just throw the show away for the day and go drink water for the next two hours until I was just doing nothing but peeing. I have endless clean drinking water, a faucet away. I'm blessed. Other people don't have that. You want to know what one of the number one killers in the world is? Not to be too gross about it. Diarrhea. Because people can't get access to clean drinking water. And let's go ahead and make that the last time I ever say that word on the show, Chris. That's just not what it's it's this it's too much. It's it's too much. It's it's too much. You're right. I haven't done an Oregon Trail story and it's coming up again. We're gonna I'll tell you what we're gonna need to do. And we're gonna open up the email inbox for this. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. We need 
a better word than the one I just used on the air, a better phrase for that where everybody can understand what I'm talking about, but you're not going to have to set your dinner down as I discuss it. That is absolutely not better, Chris. You actually thought brown torrent was somehow better? That is disgusting. You know, on the bright side, I was just thinking about this. Think about how entertaining Biden's presidency is going to be. Think I don't don't yell and scream. I understand we're going to get mad a lot. I'm going to get mad right there with you. It's not as if I'm not just as mad as you are. And look, I had a couple moments. I told you, I'm always honest with you on the air. I had a couple moments post-election. You lost. Where it hurt. You know what I'm talking about. You're sitting around and you're all. This sucks. And carry a big stick. End of quote. I promise you. The president has a big stick. <laughs> Chris, grow up. Grow up. That's that's not even funny. <laughs> but seriously, we're going to have four years of that. Well, let's be honest. We're going to have like four months of that, and then he's going to go away. But four years of that. Kamala. Oh, please not. She'll be so much less fun. We're at the point now we have to root for Joe. Hang on. Is something there's a podcast get it on demand wherever podcasts are found the jesse kelly show doctors trusted cbd.com you know they have more than just the be best organics full spectrum cbd which i would highly recommend by the way they have more than just that though they have things you can use all over the place they have lip balms they have creams that look Natural medicines are the way to go. Holistic healing, the way to go. Stop with the man-made chemicals. Put down the pharmaceuticals if you can. Natural medicines and holistic healing approaches are known to help alleviate issues like anxiety, headaches, joint pain, and more. I choose CBD. That's what I've chosen. And I go to Doctors Trusted CBD because then I get the best products. Go to DoctorsTrustedCBD.com. DoctorsTrustedCBD.com. Use the promo code JESSE for free shipping and 10% off. Exist? I, I don't know for certain. Are, are you an expert in voter fraud? No, I'm not. Well, why then is Twitter right now putting 
purported warnings on virtually any statement about voter fraud? We're, we're simply linking to a broader conversation so that people have more information. No, no, you're not. You put up a page that says, quote, voter fraud of any kind is exceedingly rare in the United States. That's not linking to a broader conversation. That's taking a disputed policy position. And you're a publisher when you're doing that. You're entitled to take a policy position, but you don't get to pretend you're not a publisher and get a special benefit under Section 230 as a result. That link is pointing to a broader conversation with tweets um, from publishers and, and people all around the country. Mr. Dorsey, would the following statement violate Twitter's policies? Quote, absentee ballots remain the largest source of potential voter fraud. Uh, I imagine that we would label it so that people can have more context. And okay. How about this quote? Voter fraud is particularly possible where, quote, third party organizations, candidates and political party activists are involved in, quote, handling absentee ballots. Would you flag that as potentially misleading? I don't I don't you know, know the specifics of how we might enforce that, but I imagine um, a lot of these would would uh, have a label people to a bigger conversation. Well, you're so. right. You would label them because you've taken the political position right now that voter fraud doesn't exist. I would note both of those quotes come from the Carter Baker Commission on Federal Election Re Reform. That is Democratic President Jimmy Carter and former Secretary of State James Baker. And Twitter's position is essentially voter fraud does not exist. Are you aware that just two weeks ago in the state of Texas, a woman was charged with 134 counts of election fraud. Are you aware of that? I'm not aware of that. If I tweeted that statement with a link to the indictment, would you put a warning on it that says, well, the Democratic Party position right now is voter fraud doesn't exist? I, I don't think it's useful to get into hypotheticals, but I, I don't believe so. Hmm. Mm-mm. We all know what's happening out there. We all know what's happening, and it is extremely creepy. I'm not going to get over this anytime soon about the Hunter Biden laptop stuff, and I need to clarify. It's not that I think that was the biggest deal in the world. It could potentially be with, I mean, okay, Hunter Biden's a dirtball. All right, I'm fine. I don't, I don't care about that. The, the business dealings with his father – a credible witness coming forward, willing to testify, to tell people about the credible, about the business dealings between Joe Biden and China, potentially a huge deal, but it's not, it's not the story itself that gets me. An entire mainstream media freeze out of the story and an entire big tech freeze out of the story to make sure voters couldn't get the information prior to the election? I don't care if that's the biggest story or smallest story in the history of mankind. That's insane. That is insane levels of censorship. And if they're controlling all the routes of information, where does that leave you? And where does that leave me? Ted Cruz went on. He's talking about the 230. Remember we talked about that earlier in the protections? Hang on. I will say it's dismaying listening to the questions from our Democratic colleagues because consistently the message from Senate Democrats 
is for Facebook and Twitter and Google to censor more, to abuse their power more, to silence voices that Senate Democrats disagree with more. That is very dangerous if we want to maintain a free and fair democracy, if we want to maintain free speech. There was a time when Democrats embraced and defended the principles of free speech. There was a time when Democrats embraced and defended the principles of a free press. And yet there's an absolute silence from Democrats speaking up for the press outlets censored by big tech. There's an absolute silence for Democrats speaking out for the citizens silenced by big tech. Instead, there is a demand, use even more power to silence dissent, and that's a totalitarian instinct that I think is very dangerous. At the same time that big tech exercises massive power, it also enjoys massive corporate welfare. Through the effect of Section 230, a special immunity from liability that nobody else gets. Congress has given big tech, in effect, a subsidy while they become some of the wealthiest corporations on the face of the planet. We know leftists censor. We know they censor. That's just what leftists do. I get asked a lot, a lot, why don't I care when people pour hate onto me? I get asked this, honestly, from other people in my business, other people in TV, other people in radio. I get asked this by politicians. I guess I did not realize I was famous for this, but apparently I'm famous for not caring. And, and not in that way of, I don't care. You could say, I mean, it just genuinely does not bother me at all. And people ask why I don't care. And they say, you know what people do when they're mad at you and they, they want to try to get at you. They try to say the most offensive things humanly possible, but I cannot be offended. I, it's not possible to offend me. You could write and tell me how ugly I am. You could tell me uh, my wife's ugly, my kids are stupid, my religion's false, everything I believe about politics is wrong. It would not. I would not live. I, it wouldn't raise my heartbeat. I, I, I don't. I don't care. I'd be like, oh, okay. It doesn't bother me. Why doesn't it bother me? Because not that I'm right about everything, but I believe strongly enough in what I believe. That your challenges are not threatening to me. Why would I get mad about something like that? It doesn't, they don't threaten my belief system at all. People only get mad when you're actually threatening something they believe. Why? Everybody who don't you dare draw that cartoon. Don't you dare say this. Don't you dare say, if you say this, I'm, I'm going to censor you. I'll throw you in jail. I'll hurt you. I'll kill you. I'll say, you see it all over the world. Don't you dare say blank or I'll blank. Why do you think that is? Because deep down, deep down in places they'll never admit, they know it's not true. They know it's not true. Why do you think leftists get so angry when they'll they'll say something? Because they said, look, they're they're insane, but they'll say something crazy. And you can present you can calmly present a leftist with the most basic facts ever. And instead of rebutting it, 
they lose their minds. It's name calling. It's you. You're a Nazi, fascist, racist, white supremacist, homophobic. It's whoa, buddy. Whoa, where? What? What happened? Well, calm down. We're just having a discussion here. Why do you think that is? Because they know it's not real. They know it's not real. People believe what they want to believe religiously, right? Christians, Jews, Muslims, Muslims, Catholics, Buddhists, whatever. They believe it all. They, they believe what they want to believe. You know who's the most full of crap person in the world out there? The atheist who gets mad at somebody who talks about God. Why are you mad? If he's not real, who cares? It's because you don't believe it. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has pre-diabetes, with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has prediabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Joining me now... Author of The Great Revolt, writes for The Washington Examiner and pretty much everywhere else. You can find her at selenazito.com. Selena, The Great Revolt, the new populist movement. Did it die? Is it still there? What's, what's, what's its status now post-election, assuming it's a Biden win? So first of all, thanks for having me on. Um, second of all, yeah, so the thing that people learn 2016 um, presidential election, was this conservative populist coalition a black swan or was it real? Did it have legs? Um, Could it expand? And what 2020 has taught us, absolutely. Now, you might say, well, it doesn't look like the President Trump won. Uh, while that may be true, that doesn't mean that his the, the populist conservative coalition that that literally was growing before he was elected. He wouldn't cause it. He's the result of it. If you look at the down ballot elections, uh, Jesse, and we're not just talking about in the U.S. House and uh, in the U.S. Senate, uh, but also if you look at the even more important races in state houses, state Senates, legislative bodies, um, um, attorney general's offices, and statewide row offices, the, the, the populist, conservative populist coalition expanded. 
it in, in fact, it pushed the country further center-right. And people continue to miss that because they just keep looking at the top of the ticket. What's, at the, what's underneath the top of the ticket is actually more important because it tells you where the country is going. And it, 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 look at Pennsylvania, uh, for example. Uh, while President Trump did not get as many votes as uh, Vice President uh, Joe Biden, the down-ballot races did get more conservative. In other words, they thought that they were the Democrats were sort of crowing that they were going to win the, the majority in the state house and the state senate. They did not only did not win one seat, they lost several seats, despite Eric Holder and former President Barack Obama investing millions of dollars to invest uh, to flip all of these seats. Okay. Why didn't that translate to Donald Trump? Well, because a lot of them, I also want to point this out, this is really, really important, that the suburban voter did not flee conservative candidates. Uh, a lot of people split their tickets. In other words, they didn't particularly like Donald Trump, mostly on his comportment, but they still were conservative. So in the suburbs, um, um, they still remained conservative. Democrats were convinced that they were going to run the tables because they thought that these voters weren't, um, if they didn't like Trump, they didn't like any Republican. That turned out to be not true at all. Um, and and so uh, I think a lot of uh, the president's um, retry, re, you know, not not getting the same amount of votes as Biden, uh, it had a lot to do with people dissatisfied or unhappy with his style. Uh, and, and, but they still continue to vote for conservatives down ballot, and I think that's really important because a lot of people, in particular in, in my profession in the media think this coalition is gone. It's not. It's gotten bigger. Uh, it's gotten younger. And it has also gotten more diverse in terms of Hispanic and Black and Asian votes. But fewer white votes. I continue to see that Donald Trump lost uh, a significant percentage of white working class voters. Yeah, I'm happy about Hispanics, happy about Blacks, happy about Asians. Why are white people leaving? Uh, because they didn't like his comportment. Now why, did, right. now, why did Hispanics and blacks and Asians come? Is it because they did like his comportment? Is it because they vote more on issues? And I understand this is hugely generalizing. Everybody's their own, their own man or woman. But why, in general, did they come? So um, minorities tend to own more small, uh, t- tend to be small business owners. And they benefited from the, um, the tax cuts. And uh, and so it, it all came down to the bottom line. It came down to their um, pocketbooks. And another thing with with a lot of the, the growth with Hispanic voters uh, for Trump is they came from countries, maybe not this generation, maybe not still three generations ago, but they came from country from countries where socialism had changed their communities, had driven their parents, their grandparents, or themselves out of their country. And there was a complete rejection of that. Also, law and order. That was incredibly important to um, to the minority vote in and drew them towards Republicans because it, as small business owners, 
they want to make sure that uh, that their businesses are are protected. Also, this is a very aspirational vote. What do I mean by that? These are people that are trying to live the American dream. They're trying to do all the right things to uh, be able to ch- achieve the 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 status of owning their own home, having their own business. These are people that have, you know, that live in a middle-class neighborhood who you will see a plumbing truck in, the, in their bra, in, in their driveway because that's their small business, and they've worked hard to get there. Do people believe there was voting fraud? Not, not people on the right, not people on the left. I don't care about the never-Trumpers. I don't care about the left-wing media. I don't care about people like me. Do people in general, the people you talk to, do they believe that there was huge voting fraud in this election? No. I think what they believe is there is a lot of incompetency and there are a lot of loopholes that people take advantage of. Um, you know, people have, do, <laughs> uh, people have been doing um, ballot harvesting since, I don't know, John Adams and Thomas Jefferson <laughs> ran. Um, that's and and that's illegal in most states, um, uh, but I don't I don't think it would qualify as rampant um, voter fraud. Having said that, we have a lot of incompetency in our system. We have a lot of discrepancies in our system, and if we learn anything from the 2020 election, is that those things that that need that kind of corruption needs to be fixed because incompetency is a form of corruption. Do people actually want the corruption fixed? Because Selena, I struggle with. I mean, people always say this. Everyone says this. They say it on the left. They say it on the right. We got to clean this up. We have to make sure this is clean. Let's clean this up, and nothing ever gets cleaned. So, do people actually want it cleaned? Yeah, I think so. And so, where these where these problems get solved are on the most local level. And 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 if you look at the state the the state house and the state senate races that I talked about in across the country, uh, voters preferred conservatives. A lot of them ran on very local issues. They didn't run on the national issues. And uh, one of the big issues that they ran on was um, cleaning up the system. And so and and I think people are are wise. They're smart. They understand to fix fix corruption. It's not who you elect president. It's actually who you elect as your county commissioner or your county supervisor or your state senator or your state house member. Those are the people that can do it in a meaningful way. It's not really done at the most top level. Selena Zito, where can people get your stuff? But. I didn't hear the last thing you said. Justin. Where can people get all of your stuff besides selenazito.com? <laughs> selenazito.com. Please sign up for my emails. They're free to find. They're not happening. Thank you, ma'am. Appreciate you. Thank you. I thought that was going to be the answer to do people believe there was a lot of it. I Look, I thought it was. We have to do that. It, it hurts. It hurts me. It hurts you. But it's important we step out of our bubble. Hang on.
The Jesse Kelly Show. On air and online at jessekellyshow.com. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen. For late nights writing English papers. For your teen's music taste. For dinners, where they talk more on their phone than with you. For the first time, they call you mom. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen, and you can't imagine the reward. To learn more about adopting a teen, visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. Part-time job, full-time hustle, all-time shiro to all of us. You nurture, we listen. You teach, we thrive. You lift our spirits, but we've got to lay down the truth. It's time for you, our shiro, to stretch for the stars. Start saving more for retirement now so you can feel prepared and live your life to the fullest. Get free tips to help boost your retirement savings now at aceyourretirement.org slash Shiro. A message brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. understand why we can't have a prison camp i mean fdr stuck a bunch of japanese americans in there why can't we recreate things let's give people the full democrat experience (laughs) it's why they censor they're not confident in what they believe it's why they censor it's why i don't care i'm perfectly confident in what i believe Even when I shouldn't be, Chris. Even when I have no business being confident at all. When I tell you that I could have been a spy, a great spy, even though I'm six foot eight, I mean it. Chris, you don't understand. I can blend into the shadows, even though I'm tall. How loud am I personality wise? I'm not loud. Now, hold on. Now, don't give me that look. Hold on. Let me clarify. I understand that my voice tends to carry. I get that. That's why everyone gets to enjoy the sultry sounds of Jesse Kelly every day. On the right, I understand my voice tends to carry, but I'm really, I'm really genuinely not. In social situations, I'm, I'm the quiet one. I prefer to sit and listen. I'm not the guy who walks in a party. Hey, everybody's slapping everyone on the back. That is not me at all. There, I know there are people out there like that. I'm the dude sitting down, comfy chair, little bourbon in my hand. I'm all good. Yeah, we can come talk. I am not that guy because I blend in, Chris. I'm like a – if a ninja was able to breed with a chameleon, what? That's what I would be, a ninja chameleon type. I'm telling you, I could have been a spy. You don't think I could do a day in prison? Why not? Is it the all oh, the food? Yeah. See that would <laughs> I'll tell you what I would see that's actually fair. I'll tell you what though. I would consider it I'm just fasting, right? Or does that is that cheating? Hold on. If we do my day in prison, I can't fast, right? I have to eat the food or that's not getting the experience. If you're there for the experience, and don't eat the food because you're fasting so I can go to, obviously, Red Lobster when I get out, then that doesn't count. 
I am curious about the shower situation. Surely they can't clean those things very often. How clean are they? They have to be filthy. They have to stink, I'm assuming. What? How do we know soap is clean? Well, this is what I understand about soap, and I'm certainly no soap expert. Soap is either disinfecting soap or not disinfecting soap. Disinfecting soap kills bacteria. Soap that doesn't disinfect doesn't kill bacteria, but what it does is it washes away, and I'm probably going to screw all this up, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. I read this a long time ago. It, it, it washes away the oil off your skin where the bacteria is, so you're just washing all that away. Yes, disinfecting soap is always clean, you idiot. Is a, is a bottle of bleach always clean? My wife will do this with something like, uh, she's one of these freaks when it comes to throwing out food the second it expires. No matter if it, it, it could be a jar of pickles. It's good for 10,000 years. At 10,001, it's in the trash, baby. She'll pull out milk and just chuck it with one day old. I say, pop the cap off that bed, boy, and give it a smell. Trust me, you're going to know if it's bad. Oh, I've got to throw out this shredded cheese. Hold on. Not difficult to tell if the cheese is bad. Let's just give it a smell. Okay, it's bad. Let's 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 just hang on to it for another year. It'll turn into blue cheese. Quit, Chris. I'm joking. Stop. But she'll do this. It's really funny. She'll do this with uh with wine. Now I'm no I'm not a wine guy. I've because I'm getting older, and I understand I have to improve my health habits. And sometimes now, because I can't be white trash Jesse at all times, sometimes I actually have to have a a meeting or a meal in a fancy place with fancy people. I have another one coming up for, for radio purposes. Big old fancy thing. It's going to be at a fancy steakhouse. I want to be able, yes, Chris, so no tequila slammers. I want to be able to go in there and sit down and order, you know, the steak I would order oh, with a with a lovely, uh, uh, what are you, a, a pinot. I need a, I need a pinot. I need a Chardonnay, whatever these people order. I can't do it. I've tried, and don't tell me this. Well, you haven't tried this, brother. I've tried a thousand of them because it's one of those things I want to like it. It's too sweet. It's way too sweet. Even if I can do a glass, I certainly can't do more than one. It's so sweet. I think it's because I'm so sweet, Chris. It's too much what? I think it's too much sugar. That's what I'm saying. If you missed any part of the show, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. jesse at jessekellyshow.com. You can email the show. If you missed the show, it's all podcasted after the show. iHeart, Google, Spotify. It's on iTunes. You can leave a five-star rating. You can leave a review talking about how handsome I am, and that is going to be a critical review. Tomorrow, we have – these are our guests. Get this. You might want to hang on for the ride tomorrow. Tomorrow, we have an actual history professor coming on, and we have – a lady who wrote an article about traditional gender rules. We're going to offend everyone tomorrow. It'll be awesome. Hang on a second.
you need an auto protection plan. And I wish you didn't. I wish I didn't. But the truth is, we know these things break. And when they break, when is the last time something went wrong with your car? I'm not even just talking about a wreck. Something broke in your car. How much did it cost you? You realize these these things today, because of the level of technology in these in these cars, it'll break you. At CarShield, they give you a wide range of plans to choose from, not one plan. They give you the choice of which dealership or mechanic you want to take your car to. You never get that with these auto protection plans. But hear me out. Get a car shield auto protection plan before something happens. After ain't going to help you. Go to carshield.com. That's carshield.com. Use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 10% off. A deductible may apply. Gearing up to make a really, really, really cool announcement on the show. Apparently, this is all working, Chris. I don't know what I'm doing, really, per se, as far as how radio's supposed to work, but it's working. Maybe people relate to that kind of horrific failure. Maybe you're all really bad people, and that's what the problem is. You see, there's there's no ability... Like relatability. Man, that's a great line. Chris, can you patent lines? I'd like to get paid. Surely if anyone knows how to get paid for something, it's you. Can you patent lines? We need to look into getting a patent on that. Happy birthdays, patented? No way. Huh. Or stop saying that. That's all. Jesse Kelly show. You know, your house smells. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. My house smells too. I'm not, I'm not indicting you. I'm sure you keep a clean home, but just time means you're going to acquire smells, whether those are cooking smells that get in your paint, your carpet, maybe they're animal smells. Maybe you're a smoker or someone else was just living creates smells. I didn't realize that my home had a smell to it until I got my first Eden Pure Thunderstorm, the greatest air purifier I've ever ever owned in my life. This thing, I had it plugged in for two hours. I came back in the room and my air smelled so clean. I now own three of them. I'm not making that up. This thing has absolutely changed me on top of what it's done for my allergies. Go get one, get two, be like me and get three. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE that gets you 10 bucks off and free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com, promo code JESSE. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.